Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Get your brand on board with our podcast with a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of over 100,000 highly engaged parents within our show and across Acast's other famous podcasts. We'll even come up with the creative for you. Get in touch via producerpaul.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works. Welcome back to a new series of Making Womb, the podcast with me, Holly DeCruz. And me, Eileen Morrison. In this second series, we're going to be inviting guests to discuss specific topics relating to their area of expertise or personal experiences, all with the usual motherhood focus and always with the aim not to tell you what to do, but to get you thinking and hopefully gaining some clarity on issues that affect you and your family. We're both mothers and trusted birth educators. I'm a midwife and Holly is the author of Your Baby, Your Birth and Motherhood Your Way and founder of the Yes Mum Birth Project. We'd love for you to join in with our discussions via our Instagram communities. I'm at Mixing Up Motherhood. And I'm at the Yes Mum Mum. And you'll find our links along with those for each guest in our podcast show notes. Follow the podcast so that you never miss it on Apple, Google, Spotify, the Acast app or wherever you prefer to listen. Our very first guest on the podcast is Sydney Piercy. Sydney is mum to Lily, three and Willow, 16 months and has another baby due in a couple of months. Sydney is a writer who is passionate about reuse, recycling and sustainable living. She's made waves on Instagram, sharing her detailed fun cardboard toys made for her girls. She shares creative, accessible and plastic-free play ideas in which she embraces and encourages the time it takes to make handmade items and the things that come with that. Mindfulness while creating, being present, time with the children and leading by example while teaching skills and providing opportunities for conversations. In September last year, Sydney and her family moved to the south of France. One of the driving forces behind the decision was to have more family time, to slow everything down and to simplify life. We chatted with her about exactly what slow family living is and isn't and the challenges to it. It's also worth us saying that we did record this with Sydney while she was in France via her laptop. So the sound might be a little patchy um, at times, but hopefully you will enjoy what we talk about. So, Illy, how are you? Season two. Season (laughs) bloody two. Welcome back, sister. (laughs) It is great to be back and really excitingly with some guests. I love the idea of having guests. This is great. I feel like we've got a proper chat show now. I know. Open your heart out. Um, so today we're talking about slow living and I think sometimes when we think when we hear the word slow living it can be a bit jarring and we suddenly feel like we should be um, removing any screen from our house and growing our own vegetables or doing things in a completely radical way and actually it's not that at all or it doesn't have to be that maybe it is for some people Um, but slow living 
isn't about living life at snail's pace or being lazy. It's about assigning the right amount of time to each task. And I think with that, there comes prioritising and and a lot of reflection about what's important to you. What do you think about that, Ellie? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'm going to be like, if you know, like we spoke about in season one, that kind of being reactive rather mm. than responsive. When someone says slow living, people roll their eyes. They're like, anyway, this isn't mm. something that I can adapt my life to because, well, I'm like living life to the full type thing or I've got mm. so much to do. Um, and it's like actually like with everything, it's different. It's subjective for each person in each situation. So for me, slow living isn't about not having screen time. In fact, screen time is great. Like I think it's bloody godsend. Like there is time for it, but also saying, well, there's time for that and there's space for that, but there's also time for exploring the outdoors. There's time for creativity. There's time for like having like quiet time together. Mm. Um, Time for boredom. Time for boredom and also time for me without my child you know like how do I slow down in terms of parenting and how am I prioritizing everyone's needs in a really healthy and sustainable way yeah actually I think if I think in some ways slow living and an aspect of slow living is probably what most of us would love to incorporate into our lives if we weren't so scared of it being called slow living and having to make (laughs) radical or put off by it movements exactly Mm. so yeah that for me slow living is just about kind of stepping back every now and then um reassessing changing my mind incorporating things trying things yeah working them not yeah Um, less of an aesthetic and more of a mindset maybe yeah, and um, also like not having to share it with anyone, not having to even label it, just yeah. it normalizing a choice that you've made. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I think is. I mean, what would you how would you describe it? Like how would you Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, I think it is cu- curating a more meaningful or conscious style of parenting. You know, being more intentional with your time. Mm-hmm. Um I think certainly the difference I've felt in my two experiences of motherhood, which were eight years apart, first time around, it was very fast. And I felt like I had to do a lot of stuff. And I remember very little of it. Second time around, I did far less and remember much more feeling from it, um, which was very telling to me about those kind of intentional choices I wanted to make. Um, And more self-awareness for my own well-being, Mm. you know, not thinking of myself as secondary to my children's happiness and well-being you know if I feel relaxed and well rested and nurtured I know I provide more for them Mm -hmm. I know I'm um, more present for them so for me living and choosing and being slower has a much much more of a ripple effect into my family than anything that might be aesthetic about it. Slow living isn't just about meditating or drinking green smoothies or yoga, um, but more about small steps towards a shift. What would happen if you turned down social invites sometimes? What would happen if you refused to answer emails after 6pm? What would happen if you did social media consciously instead of mindlessly scrolling? It frees up time so you can expand when things require it. These are the types of conversations we're going to be having today. So yeah, Stay with us for our chat with Sydney Piercy. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're interviewed in the latest edition of Juno magazine, which is out now. Juno is a natural parenting magazine that inspires and supports families, covering all aspects of family life for all ages. Juno offers fresh perspectives in the fast-paced technological world, creating a non-judgmental community for those who are keen to follow a natural approach to family life. There are columns on home education, empowered birth, teens and nutrition, interviews, craft and recipe ideas and a mix of features that can help readers make informed choices as they journey through the joys and challenges of parenting. You can buy Juno from newsagents and as a digital edition and we'll put the links up in today's show notes. So Sydney, welcome to Making Womb. It is really lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. We would love to hear a bit about you. For those who don't already follow you on Instagram, we would love to hear who you are, um, a bit about your family and what you do. My name is Sydney and I am a mum of soon to be three. Um, Yeah, really, really soon. I've got two (laughs) girls. I've got two girls, Lily and Willow, um, and we live in France, myself and my husband. We moved out here last September which we are really really enjoying we moved from South London so quite a different wow quite a different change and I am a writer again that kind of happened that change happened same similar time really um and yeah and I I'm I share a lot of um the sustainable toys and games that I make for and with my kids so predominantly they're out of cardboard so it's like cardboard toys or made from recycling stuff um so that's what I'm kind of best known for it is amazing I love your feed I kind of I find myself looking at your feed and then staring at an empty egg box in my hand thinking what would Sydney do with this egg box (laughs) I mean I totally relate to that I do that too and then I go what would Sydney do not what I'm about to do (laughs) (laughs) I literally go Oh, yeah, if I was a creative parent, the things that I would do with this, but no. But no. But no. Hey, son, there you go. Why don't you just go and watch some more Peppa Pig, babe? You could pretend it's an egg box. (laughs) (laughs) Although I did put some some watercress seeds 
in an egg box before you threw it in the bin yeah, no, it's, it's very much it's very much sunbathing actually. Um, in the in the British sun, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an upside down uh, hungry caterpillar. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's it looks it looks quite unattractive, but I think once the crest has grown in, it will be quite it nice. Will, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll come into its own. I can, I can, yeah. It's you a appreciate start, that. isn't it? It's can a you start. tell her how, what a good job she's done, Sydney? Please, because you don't want to hear what I think about this. <laughs> <laughs> so you I suppose the kind of like lifestyle that you guys have adopted um I suppose would be described as as sort of slow living so how would you describe slow living um for those who are sort of a bit curious as to what it is um I just this is how I would describe it for myself because yeah, I think it would vary for loads of different people. And I think actually a lot of us are probably quite drawn to it anyway, without it being the kind of like what you see on Instagram, slow living, um, everything's sort of like really minimalist, blah, blah. For me, slow living is just not rushing. And I think before and for most of my life, I've had a life where it was all about doing as much as possible and being at every... I don't know. <laughs> Scream, screams are welcome on this podcast. We normally have a bit of barking, crying. It's fine. I mean, you won't hear my child scream because I, she's in the garden. Playing with an egg box. Playing with an egg box. <laughs> so it's about not rushing things and not feeling that I have to do, be, absorb, um, be seen at everything. Um, and that was the main one. I think it was, I... When I had Lily, I'm the first out of all of my friends to have children um, and still am, um, although obviously I've made friends who have kids now, but of my like close group of friends who I've been friends with since I was like four, I'm the first one to have kids. And so when I had Lily, I was just doing all the same stuff that I was doing before with my friends, but with Lily in tow, so like at the pub or, you know, like things were so busy and we would spend, have our weekends, you know, you'd go for coffee here and then you go to this person's party and you do this and this. And I think I just, well, I know that I just got to a point, couldn't even remember what I was meant to be doing. And I felt so much pressure to be doing a million and one things. And I wasn't even remembering, you know, the weekends weren't feeling like weekends. They were feeling like more, more of work. Um, and I just, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really like life looking like that. The job that I was working at before, I'd, you know, worked there for five years and, I kind of expected it would be more flexible and it wasn't when I had the children. So like the best I could do was just changing the hours, still mm. starting, I think at like 7.30 and finishing at like 4.30 or whatever. Um, but that still isn't enough time for what I wanted to do, which is like, you know, I'd leave Lily asleep and then I'd come back and I'd pick her up from nursery and we'd have a really quick story dinner and then bed. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't like this. Like this isn't, this isn't what I want to be doing. I want to have more time. I want it to be more balanced. And then come the weekend when you're trying to cram everything in, you know, see everyone and this and the other. Um, yeah, I just wanted everything to slow down and to be able to savour things more and for it not to feel so fast paced. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, actually, because a lot of what Ilya and I talk about in, in our podcast is, you know, our aim is to explore the impact of what of our life before birth and how that then impacts what comes beyond it. And actually, I think we are all so used to being very fast, very busy, lives feeling very full. Mm. And it's very easy to just carry on like that. 
without giving it much conscious thought. So it's really interesting to hear that perspective of of realising that something felt unbalanced mm. afterwards for you. And that's mm. what kind of prompted a change. Mm. And I think as well, like when you're going, you know, if you would speak to a lot of people about it, they'd just be like, well, that's the norm. norm. That's yeah. what we have to it's do. It's very normalised, like, isn't it? It's been very normalised, but it's not normal. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things like, you know, I spoke about this recently about this kind of, thing that this the society that we're living in here in the west separates mothers from children um yeah. from very early on and continuously does so so life is not set up to to keep women and babies together but also it that sort of infrastructure does not is not supported by capitalism so it's like no we need to get you back in the workplace so you can see your child at, at bedtime if you really need to we can ad slightly adapt it so that you can finish work a little bit earlier and do bedtime but you need to make sure that you're still fulfilling your roles to make us money um mm. but even though that's felt like a favor yeah 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 you know like flexible working is 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 yeah. kind of packaged as this favor to let you see your kids with and completely missing this important kind of idea that that we are the work we're doing as mothers is so important mm. that we are raising a whole generation of people, of human citizens. Mm. And to think that, you know, getting to read them a story before bed is like, a, you know, our workplace doing us a favour. Mm. It's, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And that we're grateful for it mm. because it means it hasn't inhibited on the rest of our identity or, or whatever it is. Yeah, you have to become, I think when you become parents, you have to become very intentional and very conscious of what is around you and then make choices. And they are not easy. It's a very, and, and, and a lot of us aren't privileged enough to be able to be like, do you know what, I'm not going to work or I, you know, so it's not saying everyone needs to do that. Mm. But it's like, we have to recognise what we're doing and the world that we're living in and the work that we're doing and kind of make decisions around that if we are able to. Um, mm. But again, we're not really taught to be intentional or to be particularly conscious. Yeah. Um, we're just taught to go with the flow. No, so yeah. that's what we do. We take our six to nine months maternity leave. We take our statutory maternity pay and then we figure out childcare and then we just go back mm. into work until we have another baby and then we go off and then we go on, you know, until we retire. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're normal. we're almost told to be as similar to other people as possible. Yeah. 100%, yeah. And to keep up with them. And we you know we don't want to fall behind. We don't want to fall out of that kind of loop of normality or, or yeah. what have you. Um Sydney, what was your upbringing like? Was your, you know, how similar is the way you parent to the way you were parented? Very different. Mm -hmm. Um we travelled a lot, so I guess that's the big similarity between being in France um, and when I was young. Um, mm. I loved school when I was little, or yeah, like primary school, I really, really loved. Um, and so I actually found that quite difficult, travelling a lot and missing school. I remember really not liking it because I just wanted to be with my friends and blah, blah. And as I say, those, you know, the same friends I still have now, I was very, very close with them. Um, and I loved reading as a child, so I guess that's another similarity, like a parallel between my eldest daughter who loves reading and me. Um, but in terms of other things, I don't know, I think, 
um I think it was a kind of a little bit more like we're saying about going with the flow and doing what everyone else is doing or whatever I think it was we kind of bar my kid my parents pulling me out of school to take me here there and everywhere mm. it was quite like a regimented you're following this you you know stuff that I don't necessarily know if I'll do with my children unless they show interest you know I played three instruments growing up at school and wow I was really, I was very, very, very academic. I did, I did really well in all my exams and I think it's great, but I don't know how it wasn't necessarily completely self-driven. And I think that's something that I would, you know, look at and not necessarily do differently, but I, I think it would have to be more child-led than my experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, it feels like there's a real shift in that, in our generation of parenting where, mm. You know, I certainly felt with my own upbringing, my parents decided what they felt was best for me, mm. which I don't necessarily think is a terrible thing because in lots of ways that was really helpful. But um, I feel like for my kids, I am really interested to see what their interests are mm. without saying, I want to give you all of these backups <laughs> to make sure you'll be okay. Because I'd, I'd kind of like to know that they're loved and they're safe and they're secure. So, of course, they'll be okay. Okay, 100%. It's interesting because my upbringing was very different. I didn't mm. go to mainstream school um, from the age of six. And it was very much about being quite child-led, but also like in a, in a, in a real... A critical thought was always encouraged. Like we were mm. always asked why we were doing things, why we chose like what well, why is your interest there like you know and and who is leading this decision making I think that is what's made me the way I am now where mm. when people are like oh I I guess I'll just go and have a baby on delivery with me. I'm like but why mm. like are you asking why and so that was my life like why and I remember saying to my dad, father I want to play the piano and he signed me up for piano lessons bought me a piano like we didn't have money but he sourced mm. his piano whatever listen, if I tell you about how bad I was at playing the piano, <laughs> like I don't know how much they were forking out for these lessons and I would have to have the tutor sitting next to me doing the chords while I used my right hand and did bloody twinkle, twinkle little star. <laughs> like it was pathetic. <laughs> but it was like, we're going to have to just see how you go with this because it's what you've chosen. Then it was the clarinet. Well, now you want to play the clarinet? I was shocking at that as well. But, <laughs> again, it was about like, you are experimenting yeah but you're experimenting but also and and as a consequence it was like no you said you wanted to play the clarinet and now yeah. you're going to actually see what it's like to play the clarinet and then you get to decide if you don't want to play it anymore yeah you're not going to just go yeah this yeah that da, 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 da. so it was, there was discipline within that but I definitely mm. think it was very much like make like you get to choose what you're going to do based on your own interests and I think that's why when I joined mainstream school at the age of 16 I was like what in the world are you talking about <laughs> like <laughs> they'd be like Illy here's the mark scheme I'm like the mark who <laughs> mm. and like, can you do this follow this instruction and I'm going like wild like and I just I, I I thought about it like this and I saw it like this and thinking I'm being really creative and they're like yeah that's an f hun <laughs> you know and, and so very differently I guess to to what your upbringing was and I suppose I suppose maybe you could say there was aspects of sort of like a slow intentional thing behind that type of education yeah and I think that idea of slowness can be as much a mentality as it is a 
a physical thing you know i think often because kind of slow living or sustainability has been a bit become a bit buzzy yeah. yeah we kind of think like yoga and meditating with our kids every morning and mm-hmm. you know stuff that feels for a lot of people really unattainable so how like for you sydney with your kids and as a mother and as a woman how do you kind of approach that mindset in everyday life um that's a good question. Well, I was just looking, I'm looking at the window at my daughter now and mm. she's like wandering around the garden with her babysitter in her knickers. <laughs> with, I don't know, she's carrying something and she's just like looking at things in the garden. Mm. Um, and I don't know, they were probably having a chat about certain things. And that to me, I guess, is, is it. Mm. It's like, we don't have loads of plans. In fact, I rarely have plans. That's Obviously, the whole year has been like that. So we've all kind of been used to that. But even before that, like not putting loads of stuff to do as, you know, not factoring loads of plans in, the children being bored. I mean, we don't, we're not really very, we don't really watch the TV or the kids don't watch the TV. But it's not like, a, oh, we're so anti-TV. It's just, <laughs> if I could if I could put the TV on, just leave them in front of the TV all day and just have a bit of a break, I probably would. I don't think it's conducive to my parenting because I think I would rely on it too much. So we're not a huge TV watching family, um, bar me and my husband, you know, in the evening watching mm. series and whatever. <laughs> um, but it means a lot of them being bored and having to find their own entertainment. Um, and sometimes it's really easy and they kind of go off and they just like potter around the garden and that's cool. And other times it's really hard work and they're you know mummy will you play with me mummy will you read this to me mummy will you this that and the other and do rely you know they're three in one so they mm. do rely a lot on us for entertainment and engagement and I think it's that figuring out now that they can entertain themselves or play with each other or have a bit of alone time you know go and read a story on their own look at the pictures on their own yeah um also just being contented with simple things like Lily still now is having conversations about trees or whatever she, I can't mm. care but whatever she's doing outside um and I think it's really interesting just like the things that they you know that she will see or say or think about the world or whatever um so yeah those sorts of things and then creating obviously we do a lot of like making stuff and that I just find really easy because it's you know it's not necessarily going and spending loads of money on cool art materials whatever well it's the egg box because the egg box is there or the Mm. piece of cardboard because the piece of cardboard is there and that idea of children seeing magic like you know they're making something out of whatever and using imagination or yeah yeah i love that like yeah just kind of yeah just more using their imagination being creative in things um, and kind of making the most out of not necessarily having to have loads of things. I've always found it really overwhelming to have, you know, loads of toys everywhere. I don't really like mess. Um, And so another great thing about moving to France, we drove in the car. So we literally had a roof box and a boot. (laughs) Bearing in mind, we've got two dogs as well. So we had two dogs in the boot, a suitcase and a roof box. And that was it. That was all we brought. And it was so freeing. It's like when you do a massive clear out or when you tidy your room and everything's put away and you're just like, yes, I can see everything. I know where everything is. You know, we don't have, we brought loads and loads of books. Um, 
that was the main thing but like again like not that many clothes I don't have that much laundry to do because yeah. you know, there's a, a, a fewer things and just simplifying everything I think makes it easier for me I don't feel as overwhelmed I don't feel as anxious mm. um and I kind of yeah I don't yeah it's it's those are that's what life looks like for me day to day mm. um, it sounds really liberating yeah it feels it too I love what you said about not really having plans. Like I don't, I don't know how that it goes, how you feel about it, Illy. But from the last year of the pandemic, I have decided that I literally never want to make plans again. <laughs> I love not having plans. Mm. I find it so relax. I find it so kind of relaxing and comforting, and you know, I like the feeling of being underwhelmed rather than overwhelmed. Yeah. And I think we can get lost in feeling overwhelmed sometimes in our society mm. by the sheer amount we feel we should be doing. Mm. I mean, for me, like, I am like the ultimate planner and I am very, I get very bored very easily. And I've found that Ihsan is very similar. And I like literally she'll sit there and she'll talk to me and she'll say mommy I'm going to have a chocolate biscuit and then I'm going to watch Peppa Pig and then I'm going to go and have a nap and then after I wake up from my nap I'm going to watch Hey Dougie and then I'm going to go and play in the garden and I'm thinking shit this like oh crap like she and it's it's kind of like I'm I'm now having to be again very intentional and be like right, I need to not be like that around her or around her day and around her time and allow her the spontaneity of just being like well do you want to draw now like that's fine do you want to play like mm. changing your mind and being a little bit more fluid and that's the benefit of not having plans like being the way I am has disappointed has left me disappointed a lot because other people don't plan the way I do and if plans don't work out like I really struggle with it mm. and so it's like I don't I don't want her to be like that I want her to be like oh well things changed like we just do whatever mm. um and so I do really like that as a sort of concept of like pick up the toy pick up whatever you know there's a box there draw with it or yeah, but it's, ball, a, it's a change isn't it and something yeah. we've we talked about a lot in season one of the podcast was you know changing direction when something doesn't feel like it's working anymore or not serving us or not feeling right for our family saying you know what it's okay that we've lived like this until now but now I want to do something different yeah and what a wonderful thing normalizing that would be rather than seeing it as this kind of um controversial choice or outrageous turnabout or yeah, I, th I think we can see changing our mind as something quite dramatic. And actually, it it's quite normal. Mm. Yeah. How did your friends and family react when you decided to move to France? Um, um, my friends, I think, were like not at all surprised. Mm. Um, but I am quite, that is kind of in my nature. You know, it was two weeks and I'd said my best friends um I reckon we're gonna move here um we were we were in France at the time and we've been looking at houses and stuff and she's like oh yeah cool but that'll be like you know in the future blah 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 mm. and then when I came back I was like yeah we're going in two weeks and she's like oh she's like this is so you like you haven't given me enough time to you know plan a party or this that and the other um and then family wise I think 
Stuart's family were probably more surprised, but that our relationship is that Stuart is like the sensible one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we can do that one. Like, that's that's not impossible. Like, Stuart, like, how on earth are we going to pull X, Y, and Z off? And I'm like, well, easily, like, let me show you. Um, <laughs> Follow me. Yeah. <laughs> so a mixed bag. But I think now, I don't know, now we speak to them and they just seem so like, yeah, you guys are so happy. Like, it just kind of makes sense that you did it. And mm. we're really happy that you guys are there. And I think it'll be so great when they can come over and we can go back more flexibly. I think that's the hardest thing at the moment is that everything is pretty perfect. Bar, we do have an amazing family and an amazing group of friends back home. Mm. And not to be able to see them, you know, as easily as it should be because it's France, it's not, we're not on the other side of the world, is tricky, um, especially after the year and especially because our kids are so young. And, you know, last time, majority of people saw Willow, for example, you know, she was sitting in a chair or she was sitting down, she couldn't walk or talk or now yeah. she's a very different child. So, so you, as you said to us at the beginning, you have baby number three imminently yeah. making an appearance. I know. Um, and I was seeing on your Instagram that you have chosen to give birth in France rather mm-hmm. than coming back to England. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about how you kind of came to that decision and what what sort of under, underlay or underlies that? Um, the big, the biggest thing was that my mental health since being here has just been so much better, like so, so, so much better. And I am like quite, I don't know how I would necessarily describe it, in terms of anxiety or just feeling things really intensely and so you know if I'm happy I am so happy and if I'm sad I'm like I want to be in bed all day and that's that's what I'm doing mm. so it's felt much it's I've, I've noticed a big change in how I've been day to day since being out here and I just was like I really want to have that after the baby too like I really just want to continue that feeling of like oh this is good I'm in a good place I'm a happy place and also because of the kids routine I wanted them to their routines not to change loads as well as having you know a little brother or sister um and so I wanted where we live in South London it's great because we're like really close to you know big parks and stuff like that but our actual our garden's really small compared to our really big garden here and the space that we have just on our doorstep you know you don't need to pack a bag and get ready to go to the park or this that, and the other um and so I wanted those things to really be the same um but the big thing that made staying here seem too difficult is because I had both of the girls at home wanted to have a, the baby this baby at home too but France are not pro home birth at all mm-hmm. um and so it just didn't seem like it would be possible and also where we live is like very rural it's not like you know we're in Paris and everyone speaks English it's quite hard for Stuart obviously to be like a birth partner where he cannot speak the language of person who's helping us um so those things for those reasons you know we kind of toyed at the beginning like oh, how amazing would it be to be here and for the kids to be able to just keep up and all whatever they're doing um and for you know me to feel super happy and chilled because obviously you know you have a baby and sometimes that all kind of goes out of whack and you can go from feeling really like oh this is fine I'm so looking forward to the baby coming and then the baby comes and it's obviously it's overwhelming it's a massive change blah blah so I wanted to kind of yeah be in the place where I knew that I would be my best or feel my best um and then as the time kind of continued along we'd always planned okay we're going to come back to London and have the baby at home um we we various things like 
Lily starts school in September, so we need to be back in France in September. Um, and with COVID and everything, you know, we heard talk of, oh, it will take quite a long time to get a passport for the baby, so it could take quite a long time to get back to France from England. Um, and then also really thinking about this, you know, summer, new baby, three children in London, not a huge amount of space. What's that going to look like? What's that going to feel like? support you know how's willow going to be where she doesn't really know anyone given that she left london when she was tiny how is she going to be with you know if i need someone to look after her for a little bit of time or whatever and we just kind of thought okay no we'd i'd rather have the 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 birth maybe not be as perfect as i envisaged but then the after and the kids being fine and happy than mm than the other way around and making everything perfect for this but perfect you know in inverted commas yeah. bunny ears whatever um but then you know afterwards perhaps the kids aren't happy and then actually that makes me not happy or this that and the other so yeah then we decided to stay um i think it's really interesting to to really prioritize that and again like holly was saying before like we one of our like sort of message the messaging that we love to share on this podcast is all about how our pre-birth decisions could really impact our post-birth experiences. Mm-hmm. And so actively kind of like really sitting down because I think a lot of us want to do this and a lot of us think that we're doing this, but really sitting down and being like, right, let's weigh it all up and let's look mm-hmm. at this for what it would look like after the baby's here, mm-hmm. you know, kind of really trying to envision what you want and how you're going to facilitate that. Um, mm-hmm. It's so important and prioritising your mental health as well, being like, yeah. and and seeing it as even like bigger than just yourself. Like if the children are unhappy, that means I'm going to be unhappy. And that probably means that my partner is going to be unhappy. And how am I supposed to be, how am I supposed to do postpartum in this way? How can I avoid mm-hmm. that? And it's just, I, I I really, I really sort of advocate and really, I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's that, it's getting that everything is intrinsically linked, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that the birth isn't a separate thing to your postnatal period. It's going to have a profound effect on it um, and vice versa. So it's, it's looking at that bigger picture, working out what you can compromise on, working out what's important to you, working out what, what you feel like you can be more flexible on. And I think going back to this idea of slow living, when we slow down, we're better equipped to make decisions like that or yeah. to or to consider how we feel. You know, how I've got so many friends who live in such a fast-paced way that I genuinely don't think they know how they feel a lot of the time. Yeah. Which is I think it's really common. We're just going so fast and we're just so distracted that we don't stop and think, okay, how is that decision going to affect how I feel over the next eight weeks or year or whatever it is? Mm. Have you not Um, seen the result of that this pandemic, like where people have literally frozen, like they're literally just falling apart because suddenly they're having to stop. They've been forced to stop. Because the distractions have gone. The distractions have gone. And that's come with benefits, obviously. But for a lot of people, it has felt extremely overwhelming. Yeah. And they're having to face things that perhaps they didn't um, think that they, well, that they didn't want to. Yeah, it's know? uncomfortable. Exactly. But, you know, it's interesting, um, your life in France, because 
Omar and I moved to Spain when Ihsan was about eight months old. Now, this was a move I didn't want to make, and he did. Um, he lives in the south of Spain, so he's from Seville. Very slow pace, really nice in the summer, great for a holiday. Um, but when we were there, for me, that slow living was not what I was about. And I think it's really important to be like, well, no, it's not for everyone. A lot of people aren't going to enjoy that. A lot of people don't want that. And it's about saying, I want that. I, you know, I really, I really enjoyed that. And I, I left, I was like, yeah, see you later. Um, because I just couldn't stand it. I could not tolerate that type of slow living. But then I came back to Norwich and I enjoyed this type of slow living. You know, I don't want London fast pace. Yeah. But I found that I could strike a balance, like, yeah. you know, and it's it's about everyone, like you said at the beginning, it's different for everyone, what it yeah. means and stuff. And it's not and black and white, is it? It isn't. It's way it's more so nuanced, nuanced than that. Yeah. And I think also the idea of balancing it, for example, my like best best friend, she's so she's such a busy person, you know, she works in fashion and she's a writer and she's she's always super busy she's like a, a great friend who will if you know if you've got something important on she will be present at every single you know thing whatever and that to me it's just like even sometimes hearing her plan for a weekend i'm quite like oh gosh like, <laughs> super overwhelmed by it you know she will routinely just go off and just you know she'll be offline for a day or you know she will you know disappear for a few days over a weekend or whatever and then she'll come back and she'll be like oh sorry I was having some offline time I was having some downtime and I think that is also that's slow because that's tuning into you know I really like being busy I like being surrounded by my friends I like being you know contributing to people's special times and being present for them but then also for myself I do need to take a few days and that really works for her and I, I, I think that's really cool as well. It's not necessarily about chucking everything out and cancelling every plan in your diary for the, you know, for the foreseeable and saying, oh, this is what slow living is. It's yeah. just finding the balance for you and giving yourself time to check in with yourself or to rest or mm-hmm. just, yeah, do the, you for a bit. But it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean sacrificing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, or looking like... Looking how everyone else thinks it should look. Yeah. Like it really yeah. does look different for so many people. And I think, yeah. you know, living your life and that's it as well. Like we live in a time where it's like, everyone wants to dictate to us how we should be doing things. There's cultural expectations, norms, uh, status quo, how we do things. This is the norm. Going back to that beginning bit that we were talking about where it's like, yeah, it's just been normalized. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, actually we are, actually, we are individual people who can make choices about how they spend their time, how they rest, how they work, how mm. they um, take a break or, or whatever they want to do. And, you know, I suppose in some ways doing what you've done would seem for some people like this sort of radical act of rebellion <laughs> against <laughs> everything. I'm going to live in the south of France in a beautiful house with my two children, my dogs, and we're going to live our best lives, you know? And it's like, I think it's amazing. Like, yeah, I do. You know, doing what works for you. And there was that, um, I think we said it at some point in season one, but that, you know, idea that one person's choice isn't a criticism of yours. Mm. You know, you don't have to pick. <laughs> and actually, I think there's a real joy in, in looking at how other people are living their lives or looking at something they've taken on and thinking, oh, wow, okay, 
I wonder what that Im- what impact that would have for us. Mm-hmm. I wonder how we could incorporate elements of that into our day or, you know, thinking of it in a very gentle way rather than this life overhaul, yeah. which we have a tendency to do, you know, mm-hmm. waking up, right, today I'm going to be vegan. You know, it's like you don't. What about if today you just ate less cheese? (laughs) You know, like we have this very extreme way of of decision making, which I feel is is comes from a place of fear, fear of getting it wrong, or um, or also like if you take it slower, yeah, you won't do it fully. Yeah. Like it's like no, I, I'm all or nothing in this thing. <laughs> yeah, like we're packing up the house. We're I'm in off. that camp. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just like oh no, nothing is like that. Like you genuinely do not have to do that, and mm. you know we we can just nitpick. We can take a little bit of each thing yeah. and create what works for us. And it's and funny just experiment. Because, yeah, exactly. And change your mind. Like knowing oh actually we tried that it didn't work. Nah, I don't like that. You know, it's it's fine. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, we if don't... my watercress doesn't grow, I'm never using egg boxes again. <laughs> you know, done, done. Don't want to see the chance. <laughs> Praying for that caterpillar. <laughs> Might start setting up a just giving page. <laughs> Ask for prayers. <laughs> That, I'm gonna, though, ha- I'm gonna have to send you a picture now, Sydney. I need to see. I need to see. <laughs> it's gonna be really anticlimactic, just so you know. It definitely is. <laughs> I, I can promise you that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it is it is that everything is so radical. But I also think what's interesting is you're obviously you have a social media presence, mm. and what you've done, I suppose, for some people, would be like, yeah, but obviously we wouldn't do that. How? Do you feel that because of the way things are and people would like kind of take what you say and like, oh, what do you just expect us all to just up and leave to France? Yeah. Or I'm too do busy to slow to do, down. <laughs> yeah. Or do you expect us all to just make stuff out of cardboard Sydney? Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you, do you sometimes feel that kind of like pressure to make sure that you're not that you're relatable. That you're relatable, exactly. Or that you're not trying to selling a pipe dream or, or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, it is a good question. Do I feel pressure to be relatable? Um, yes and no. I would say mostly no, because I think there's always, like thinking about how big the world is and how many different kinds of people, there's, there's always some relatable aspects to you, but no one is going to be, you know, a carbon copy of you. Um, but... I think, you know, I'm, I'm put me next to, I don't know, Vicky Pattinson. I was just on her Instagram the other day, <laughs> weirdly. I don't follow her, but I, I like really stumbled upon her. You know, there are aspects that I could relate to of hers. Not that she necessarily slow lives or whatever, but I think, you know, as women, as mothers, as a black woman, there's there are various, you know, intersections that you can be related to. So I think, no, I don't feel like, oh, everything that I share has to has to connect with somebody. Mm. Um, I think that's quite a new thing of like, you know, the social media presence has grown a lot only in the last year since sharing the cardboard things that I was making. And so before it would just be like, I'm just sharing my life. And a lot of what I do still now, like the stories of my day of what I've been doing for ages. And I was doing for my friends who I wasn't seeing because of the slow living and blah, 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 to kind of show them what we were up to. So mostly no, because I think 
you know, people like you, like we were saying, are going to take a little bit of like, I don't know, I think once I shared something and someone commented about the pen that Lily was using rather than the craft itself, I was like, oh, that pen's really good. Where's it from? And afterwards, she would just message me all the time being like, oh, I used my pen today or this, that and the other. And I think, you know, there's you know a, a use in loads of different things or i will follow someone and i'll be like oh where's their tablecloth from or something and they're not that was not what the post was about was their tablecloth i, I mean sydney you share stories and i'm like where are willow's sandals from <laughs> like and you're talking about how you're going on this picturesque walk in the south of france I'm like yeah i don't actually care about that but where are the clothes from like, <laughs> but it's cool like that isn't it and i suppose just knowing that you aren't going to be relatable to everyone no yeah shift your intention anyway you're just like i'm just gonna be authentically myself and you you'll find your people and also knowing that people don't have to relate to you 100 <laughs> percent yeah sorry lily agrees completely. <laughs> um yeah no exactly um but then there is an aspect of it when i'm sharing um you know crafts or things to make or whatever which is i do want to share this and for people to be able to do this i want what i'm sharing to be accessible so not necessarily relatable but i personally am put off or can admire but can't necessarily partake in a craft that you know requires loads of materials or whatever that i just don't have like where would i get them all? yeah you know it's a bit expensive to just buy that but you're only using it once or whatever so i think with the things that i'm showing about creating it's like well i want if someone likes this i want them to be able to go to their cupboard and get whatever this is and have a go um and so that i do not pressure but i'm mindful of it mm. Mm. And i suppose as well it's that thing like if you said if you commit to a certain camp like so that all of your all of the things that you're doing are environmentally friendly. I feel like we're moving into times where everything is like, you have to be fully committed yeah. to yeah. lifestyle. Like yeah. you can't, I don't know. I mean, I I shared a picture of some period pants I was using, love a period pant. Mm. Uh, and then the following day I spoke about how I was using tissues that are disposable. And people were like, <laughs> what? I thought that you were really economic. You were really like earth friendly. I'm so disappointed in you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, but I I mean, I, I, I never, I, what? <laughs> That's a lot, isn't it? And it's like, you know, so saying like, yeah, I do cardboard crafts. It's like, we also use felt tips. And yeah. we use sequins too. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we go wild and we might use a little bit of plastic every now and then. Yeah. You, know. Yeah. you know what I think that is, though? I think now we're seeing people live their lives in so many different ways. And I think it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to see people living in such kind of fluid um changeable ways mm. that we have this desire this kind of subconscious desire to box them mm. <laughs> and say yeah. no no no, i need you to fit in this box for me box. because then yeah. i can understand it and i think it's something we have to get used to uh, of allowing people to move and withholding judgment in movement mm. because i think we, we can all be guilty of of thinking well that's not what i signed up for from you yeah. and actually that's the age of social media, isn't it? Where we think everyone on social media owes us something. Mm. Um, and it's, it takes a, I think it takes a real kind of robust mindset and, and a certain amount of resilience to think this might mean I'm getting it wrong for people, but I'm getting it right for, for myself and my yeah. kids. Yeah. And that really is my priority. So, you know, I think we do 
risk really diluting our own sense of authenticity when we try and get it right for everyone. Mm. And same with the way we live, you know, same with the pace we live at. Um, I know, like, I've definitely pulled back from doing as much in the last two, well, since I had Cosmo. And I know that a lot of people in my life find it difficult. They're like, gosh, she just, you know, she doesn't get back to me or she doesn't, um, you know, she's not coming... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not you really but she doesn't you know she's not going to come and see me or it's like but I, I'm moving mm-hmm. and I can't give everyone everything and right yeah. now it's I mean I heard um, Amy Ripsnorter on Instagram she was talking about being in the season of mo- of the mother you know the season of life she's mm-hmm. in is mother and yeah. oh it just gave me goosebumps because I was like yeah this is my season and this is what this is what needs my energy right now and it's okay if if that's difficult for you yeah definitely so for me that's what slowness is that kind of space to um just make the decisions that really feel right for us Mm. rather than trying to please so if you had to sydney if you had to kind of like put together like a sort of how you would describe slowness in like a few words what how how would you put it yeah what three words would sum it up for you yeah that's, you that's, that's basically my question let me Thank say it all. better thanks for the translation <laughs> <laughs> um well, pace i guess mm. um priority mm-hmm. um for me it's a lot of thinking about you know okay i want to do this but how important is it? Yeah. Like, and how well does it factor? And how, you know, sometimes it's not about like, oh, just always saying no to everything I don't want. Sometimes I say no to the things that I do want, but I just don't think I could manage or aren't going to fit well or whatever. So pace, mm. priority, um, maybe like intuition or like mm. mindfulness, which again, I know is a buzzy word, but I really do think applies in t- like just that checking in with yourself and yeah. connection with yourself and asking yourself how you're feeling about x or you know paying attention to that reaction yeah that's invoked by something you know why has that triggered such a yeah such a emotion from me or whatever yeah um yeah cool that's that i like that and if you were to give a piece of practical advice to let's say a mum who is living in a busy city, has a fast pace of life, but is feeling overwhelmed and wants to, is really keen to find some sense of slowness, but is struggling to know where to start. Do you have any kind of tips for for what a good place to start would look like? Or something simple um, they could incorporate that would, would ease that sense of overwhelm? I think the plans thing is a big one. Mm. But again, I think for... Um, for for example if it was you illy that might not be great for you so i think something that could work for everyone is like being present in a moment saying if it's like 20 minutes with your child Mm. my main thing is if i put my phone down away out of sight and then you know i'm saying okay this half an hour this is mine and lily's time now and already that shift changes because she's got my full attention i've got hers um obviously sometimes you've got more than one child or whatever it's it's tricky but um i think being present even if it's for a really short amount of time really Mm. helps because then you're just 
you can just embrace things fully and I think that for me is the main thing about slowness it's like you know when I was saying our weekends were so busy I couldn't even remember what I did yeah um whereas now it's like well I still can't necessarily remember in terms of you know it wasn't that we did anything notable we did a bit of this and a bit of that and whatever but it was because I was I was present in it and I remember even if I don't remember what I did I remember that I felt really happy and then I felt really yeah. tired and I went for a nap or whatever but yeah I think that being present um for you know an allocated amount of time that you decide will help if it's if it appeals to you the kind yeah of yeah and remembering what I think something felt like mm. that's a really good point yeah but it can be about feeling rather than doing doing yeah, I think as well, you've like woven in lots of little gems in this conversation yeah. as to kind of like the advice. And sometimes we don't even realise that we're giving advice, but we we are. And it's, you know, right at the beginning when you were talking about the sort of social aspects of things, like the plans, everyone's going, you've got to go for a drink here and got to go do this and got to go do that and go and go do the other. It's like, well, actually knowing that you don't have to do it all and that you can yeah. be like, right, well, actually I'm going to just be like, yeah, I want to go this week, but then tomorrow I don't fancy going and that's okay that could be what for you is slowing it right down and being like you know I don't have to do all of those things I'm going to think about how it will make me feel if I do do all of those things do I like that feeling do I want to change it and seeing how you can sort of incorporate that Um, and like you said as well about sort of packing up the car and having few things and how Mm. liberating that is like if I think of all the crap I accumulated over the years and how when I moved into my current house, I was like, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And how freeing that is, like for my mind, it's like, that's another way of doing it. Like just being like, okay, cool. Um, I'm just going to have less things um, that I don't need. Uh, or I'm going to create order more than anything. So it's not about big clear outs or anything if you don't want to. It might just be about creating more order in the space in order for your mind to be able to sort of breathe a little bit, a bit Mm. easier. Yeah. Um, I have a little exercise in my book, actually, Illy. I'm not sure if you've read it. Oh, 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 Um, you're talking about your your (laughs) book that you wrote? Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I have this thing called the Tidy Draw Challenge. And it's if you're feeling overwhelmed or just you know fuzzy headed that actually the act of you know rather than clearing getting everything out of your wardrobe and and ordering it because let's face it who has time to do that but just get have find one drawer take everything out of it and as you're putting stuff back in kind of think about the way you're feeling Mm. and just one drawer and then one drawer is sorted and you've just spent five or ten minutes uncluttering Mm. like physically and mentally yeah. And I think it's it's making these things achievable for ourselves rather than just giving us giving ourselves more pressure or more um, expectation. I like that. I really like the tidy draw challenge. Yeah, mm-hmm. have a go. Well, you yeah, probably don't need to because you've only got a few books <laughs> <laughs> and your dogs. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, everyone, uh, please tell me you still have like a drawer of death in the kitchen, which just has everything <laughs> in. I've got a cupboard of death in Okay, the fine. Okay. I find that. Everything that I don't know how to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> if we've lost something, I always like to Simon. I was like, just check the drawer. <laughs> if you can't find it where it's meant to be, it will be in the drawer. <laughs> it's all those wires that you don't know where they're from, yeah. or the the, the um the manuals that you don't yeah, want to throw manuals. away. Yeah, well, going in with a couple got... of unsharpened pens and some half burnt candles. Yeah, always candles at the bottom of that drawer. <laughs> oh my goodness, the batteries. Yeah, batteries. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I've really, really enjoyed that conversation. Um, Sydney, you spark joy. Just you your do. laugh alone is 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 a You're tonic. like our own Marie Kondo. Yes, we appreciate it. I'm definitely still not going to create anything out of cardboard. In fact, they're picking up the recycling today and I couldn't be more grateful. But I do encourage all of you to follow Sydney on Instagram. Mm. Get creative if you want to, but also it's just it's so joyful to see someone who is kind of enjoying their life with authenticity yeah um and you may be inspired to incorporate some aspects of it into your own life but if not you will just have a good old time enjoying her stories <laughs> absolutely Thank you. yeah you can follow sydney on instagram at sydney.pierce um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Sydney. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been so lovely to chat. <laughs> and we wish you all the best with your upcoming birth. Yeah, Can't wait to hear all about it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like you planned to in the beginning, take it easy, rest, recover and enjoy. Thank you. Thank you so much. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.